This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. wish he was always on the spot, right? God has a way of working in people. And so we need to be patient, long-suffering, because God was always patient with us and long-suffering with each and every one of us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, not willing that any should perish, but that all, not some, all the chosen, all should come to repentance. Sometimes we can get discouraged when we invest so much in someone and they don't seem to respond to the gospel. It's important that we don't let ourselves get too deterred from this. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about God's heart for all people to be saved. We know that it's God's will for people to know Him. We can trust His patience and His timing. He always sees the full picture when we only get a glimpse. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4. As he continues his message, preach the word. When pastors, if you notice when we study First Timothy, right, the qualification of a bishop, elder, or deacon, right, at least the bishop and the elder. They're both to be apt to teach. Apt to teach. Why? You're teaching, those, you're teaching those who are saved. You're teaching those who are saved. Now, here, here preachers don't preach to preachers. Preachers don't preach to preachers. For example, when, you know, you used to have the newspaper boy and he would just herald, right? The news, read all about it, extra, 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 read all about it, right? And then they'll give you the headlines, you know. Pastor John got a new haircut, extra, extra, whatever it is, you know, Harold, they're Harold, and they want everybody to know, you know, does the newspaper boy or the person selling newspaper is going to be heralding in the print shop to the editors, to the print? No, he goes to the corner, he goes to the streets and he herald the news. That is what a preacher does. Herald the gospel of Jesus Christ out there, out there. We use the we always use this phrase you know, preaching to the choir, right? Preachers are not those who are in the pulpit <laughs> preaching to the congregation, the church. Preachers is the congregation preaching and heralding the gospel out there. Out there. Every single one of us are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to be a witness. So there's preaching and then there's teaching. There's proclaiming and explaining. So preachers preach out there. You preach out there, you proclaim out there. Once they are saved, they're added to the body of Christ. They come in here, and instead of hearing from a preacher, hearing those proclaiming the gospel, they come in here for teaching and explanation. Preaching out there. Teaching in here, 
proclaiming out there, explaining in here. Very simple. We have lost. And all of a sudden now, there's preaching. It should be teaching. And that's what we do here. That's why you're learning. That's how I learn. I'm only teaching how I learned. I've been at church since I was eight or nine years old. And it wasn't until I learned, set on expository teaching, you know, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, where I actually were learning the word of God, when I was learning doctrine, you know, justification by faith, what, all these things. And there were serious things that brought conviction. But the command that Paul gives to Timothy, to all the leaders, and to every Christian, every believer in Jesus Christ, preach the word. You are to preach the word. How many here are saved through Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Okay. Every single one of you are to preach. You're preachers. You're to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever erase that. <laughs> erase that a preacher is only in the podium. That is not the truth. That's not biblical. Okay? Preaching. Jesus says, go preach. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. He didn't say just leaders. The church wasn't, didn't start that time. That, at that time. It was after his resurrection, right? So, as a matter of fact, I think there are just too many preachers in the pulpits in the church today. Not enough teachers. That's why churches are hurting. The Lord says in the Old Testament, my people perish because of lack of wisdom. My people perish because of lack of wisdom. When he says my people, he's not saying people. He's talking about his people. And how often we've known that because we are not learning the Bible, we get into this cycle of Christianity. We get hot and then we get cold. We get hot and then we get cold. We like a tumbleweed, you know, in one of those westerns, you know, or you get that tumbleweed going to the one side of the salon, and then you're know, just like all over the place. We need to be rooted. We need to be rooted. And when you're not rooted, you're going to fall into all kinds of false teachings and all kinds of crazy movement, unbiblical practices, and you're going to get into this naming and claiming, blabbing and glab, you know, all that stuff. That's not biblical because you're a tumbleweed, no root. The word of God is what keeps us rooted in truth. In doctrine, that's why it's important. Back to Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Now, every single one of us, we go through different seasons of, in our lives, but regardless of what kind of season we're in, the Bible tells us we need to be ready. To be ready here in the Greek means to stand by, to be available. And we must. The seriousness of people are, are not entering to the kingdom of heaven, have not met Jesus Christ, is serious. People are dying and, and now are going to be in eternal damnation, hell. That's serious. And sometimes we need to step back and look at the basics. Hell is real. It was never meant for people. That's why when the Lord says hell that was prepared for the angel, Satan and his angels, it was never meant for man. And God never sends anyone to hell. That's not scripture. You're not going to find that. People assume that God sends man to hell. Christ came down so man won't go to hell. He left this throne in glory to die on the cross so that people will have eternal life and not go to hell. That's why they're saved through Jesus Christ, you see. And it's important. We need to think about this, but we need to be ready. We need to be prepared, whether it's convenient or not. 
I don't want to go to heaven and then, you know, look at my, the videotape, if you will. I'm just thinking, you know, of all the people that I had good opportunity to share the gospel and didn't. I want to make sure that every person that the Lord sends my way, I share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be ready. Preach the gospel, need to be ready. And we need to be ready in three. He's going to give us three things. Number one, convenience. That is to preach the word so that the Holy Spirit can bring a conviction. There's another word, conviction. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what led you to the cross. It wasn't because you were brilliant and you were so smart and you figured it all out. Yes, it begins in the mind saying, listen, you are a sinner and you need Jesus Christ. And then it works 18 inches to your heart where now you repent. But it begins with conviction. Each and every one of us who accepted Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit in us. First, before he was in us, the Holy Spirit was alongside of us. That's why he's called the paracletos. Para, we get the word paralegal. Parallel parking, paramedic. The Holy Spirit was alongside you when you hated God, when you were enemy of God, when you were a sinner. It worked alongside everyone. It brought conviction to your heart and it led you to the cross and you answered that conviction. And now when you accept Jesus Christ, now the Holy Spirit is no longer alongside you. Now he's in you. You're born again. Christ and the Holy Spirit is in your heart. And then at the day of Pentecost, the Greek word is epi, E-P-I, the Holy Spirit will be upon you. And that's for the work of service. Many of us need to pray that the Holy Spirit be upon us. We don't have to do like a Holy Ghost night. Just pray the Lord, the Holy Spirit be upon you. And you have the gifts in ministry, whatever God puts in your heart. So that's three ways the Holy Spirit works. So it's to be ready to, to preach the word where it brings conviction, not that you convict. Be careful. That is not your place. Sometimes we want to share the gospel and we want to be the Holy Spirit. Be careful. Just share the gospel to let them know the truth of the gospel. Listen. Where would you go if you were to die? Heaven? Well, let me know how you're going to go to heaven. You can't go to heaven without Jesus Christ. And then you start sharing the gospel. Let the word bring conviction. It's powerful. The next thing is to rebuke. And that is to share the sins that are going against God. By conviction, let them know that, hey, you know, this world nowadays, the Bible says that woe to them that would say that what is right is wrong and wrong is right. (laughs) Are we living in that day? Absolutely. I don't need to tell you. We're running out of pronouns, and there's only 2,000 of them. Now we're going to call ourselves animals. I'm a cat. I gave up the pronouns. I'm a cat now. Meow. You know, it's, it's, that's how it is. It's sad, but you know what? This is dark. This is demonic. This is demonic. The enemy wants to rob people of their identity, they're not happy. They're finding ways and, and psychiatrists are, oh yeah, that's what you want to be, okay. They're entertaining it. And then they expect the world to entertain them too. Like if it's right, it's wrong. I love you. You're my friend. You're my sister, my brother. You know, my family. But you, you, you know, that's only two. Also, we got to get rid of science. But you see, this is the world. We need to let them know this is wrong against, it's sin against God. Because regardless of who you say, God created you beautiful. You need to realize that God doesn't create junk. Everyone is created at the image of God. Everyone. 
And so we need to share things like that, like abortion or you know, sin. It's murder. Call it whatever you want to call it. It's murder. And now we want to give these uh, you know, politically correct words for them. Choice. Choice to kill. Next, exhort. Those who are doing well must be encouraged. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So we're to encourage. So we bring them to a place where they're convicted, show them the word that's wrong. They come to the saving knowledge of Christ and encourage them and disciple them. Preach the word of God. Then at the very end, he says, verse 2, with all long suffering and teaching, he's speaking about doctrine. And we're to preach the word with great patience and with careful instruction in the word of God. Know what you're preaching. Study. Show yourself approved before God. And learn to share the gospel. People are dying. People are not accepting Christ. And so don't give up in the preaching of the word. I know sometimes when we share the gospel, I don't know about you, you want to share the gospel, and you want them to give their lives to the Lord right then and now. That doesn't always happen. Many of you who have been in the body of Christ for some long, so for some time, you know that sharing the gospel sometimes it takes a while. I pray that they make a decision before their, their life ends because it's too late. But sometimes God works. The Holy Spirit's bringing conviction. You share the word. They may say, oh, well, I'm not ready to, you know, you know, accept Jesus Christ and say, you know what, but call me, let's get together. And I'll be praying that God really speaks to your heart. He's the only way. And then they depart and it's like, Lord, you know, we're almost there. And then later on, you find out they went home and they accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. That's the way God works. I wish he was always on the spot, right? But God has a way of working in people. And so we need to be patient, long-suffering because God was always patient with us and long-suffering with each and every one of us. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, not willing that any should perish, but that all, not some, all the chosen, all should come to repentance. So the second reason why we must preach, verse 3, he said, But the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine. People are not going to be concerned about sound doctrine. They're going to be those that are saved. They say they're saved, but they weren't really, if they look at the scriptures, you know, they find out, hey, you know, it's just me joining some church because it was a cool church. You know, the pastor comes to the pulpit on a zip line. You know, I think it's cool. And it's a disco ball just spinning colors and a smoke screen. Wow, it's a great concert. I don't need to tell you how many churches of pretty much every denomination are not teaching sound doctrine. They will either water down the gospel, disagree with certain sections of the Bible. They will teach the word that the word must conform to the culture rather than the culture conform to the word of God. They teach what they believe is true rather than what the Bible teaches. They would rather be politically correct them biblically correct and it's sad I see it more and more and it breaks my heart the word of God is what needs to be taught the time will come 
And in fact, we could say it has come. Paul wrote this 2,000 years ago. And who would they listen to? Read on. He says the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. The ears are itching for a, doc, a teaching that is pleasing and comfortable to the flesh, where they can still be the same person outside the church as they're in the church or as in the church, outside the church. There's no difference. I just come to church. It's something I do every Sunday. There needs to be a different. You need to be a light. You need to be different than the world. So they gather for themselves, pastors, leaders, teachers. Tell them the things that they want to hear. What they want to hear. I had one lady approach me once when we were in town. And actually she knew that I didn't have, I didn't agree with the hyper-Calvinistic view. And she got upset that I was preaching against Calvin. I said, if you're a Calvinist, why are you coming to our church? <laughs> I don't get it. I said, but I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't tell me what to teach. What you're telling me is to be quiet teaching the Bible. I'm teaching the Bible. I can't tell you how many times I've, I try to share the gospel at work and people would say, oh, yeah, you're a Christian. Yeah, that's good, you know. You know, I listened to that guy, Joe Olstein. He makes me feel good. Of course he's going to make you feel good. He's got a million-dollar smile. Pray for him that he repents. Pray that he teaches the gospel. Of course he's tickling your ears. He's telling you the things you want to hear. There's a better you. There's nothing good in me. The Bible said the heart is corrupt. Who can know it? What Bible are you reading? Of course he's going to make you feel good. He's not going to preach about the blood. He's not going to preach about the cross. He's not going to preach about repentance, justification by faith. He's not going to preach about death and hell. He's tickling the ears. That's why you can fill a stadium. You teach that way and always start off with a joke and don't teach the Bible. But all you do is motivational teaching to motivate people so they could glorify themselves. Of course. Of course you're going to fill a stadium. People who have itching ears. And it's sad. Verse 4, and they would turn their ears away from the truth, turned aside to fables. It's very easy. You know, if you don't know the truth, you're going to turn away from the truth. You're going to avoid it. <laughs> and you're going to, you know, just believe in fictional stories. It's funny, you know, how people just read the headlines and they believe everything they read. You believe everything they read that you read, do you? How come you don't read the Bible and believe in it? Now, the definite article in this verse, the, is speaking that this is not a truth, but this is the truth. It speaks to and points of Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 6, it says, I am the way, the, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except to me. Jesus Christ is the word. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Then down in verse 14 of chapter 1, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace 
and truth because he is the truth. So saints, preach the word of God. That is your responsibility. Sheep begets sheep, okay? The shepherd doesn't give birth to sheep, okay? Sheep begets sheep, okay? You share the gospel. I have no problem sharing the gospel because that's what I'm called to do. But really, my call, my responsibility is to teach. Teach. Jesus told John, do you love me? He said, yes. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That's what a pastor does. He didn't say give birth to sheep. Teach. Teach. And that's what we do. Now in verse 5, Paul gives Timothy some instruction. Some instruction in, in fulfilling the ministry. Remember, he's closing his letter. He's giving some instructions to fulfill the ministry. He gives them three things in verse 5. Again, this is a pastoral epistle, but it's applicable for each and every one of us. If you have a ministry, if you are part of a ministry, whether it is serving in the children's ministry, usher, greeter, cleaning, worship, or in a cafe, hope you're a part of a ministry. Be faithful to the Lord to fulfill your ministry. Be faithful to the Lord to fulfill your ministry wherever God has placed you. Wherever God has placed you, be faithful. How do we fulfill the ministry? Number one, in verse five, it says, but you be watchful in all things. Watchful in all things. In other words, be sober, be alert. Keep the mind clear, in other words. In every situation in your ministry, every part of your ministry, wherever you're serving, whatever your ministry you're part of, be watchful. Don't put your guard down. Because that's when the enemy attacks, right? (laughs) The more you serve God, the more you attack. Because number one, you need to be watchful because of opposition. Opposition. When you're in ministry, Satan hates a functional member of the body of Christ. A functional member of the body of Christ. He hates it that we serve the Lord He hates it when you're serving the brothers and sisters in the church. He hates it. First Peter chapter five, verse eight, it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's number one. Number two, we need to be sober because of opportunities, opportunities. Remember, we to share the gospel with everyone. There may be someone that in the area where you're serving that has a need, Maybe prayer. We're here to serve one another. And Jesus set that example, right? Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And some of us want to be served rather than serve others. The book of 1 Timothy is encouraging and inspiring. From one well-seasoned missionary to another. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, spurring a younger pastor on to great things. Isn't it great to live life in community with others so that you can mutually encourage others you're walking alongside? Even though Paul and Timothy weren't in the same area very often, those letters kept them united in the cause of Christ. We hope that you have this type of uniting with other believers. If you don't, we'd like you to know how to connect with us here. Go to our website at runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church that supports this ministry. 
At Calvary Chapel of Milford, we'd love to meet you this weekend and join with you in being part of a church family. Worshiping God and studying His Word together is something that should be done in community. To find out more, once again, our website is runningtheraceradio.com. We pray that Pastor Eddie's message on running the race has been helpful for you today. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad you're one of our listeners. If you'd like to hear this message again, you can find it at runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, feel free to listen to other messages from this series or download them and take them with you on the go. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. That's all we have for today, but join us again for more as Pastor Eddie teaches from 1 Timothy on running the race.